Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, once again. Thank you for joining us. We are glad that you are with us. Um, hopefully, we are bringing you another great episode, um, a helpful review, and uh, an enjoyable and entertaining uh, conversation uh, between the two of us. Uh, my name is Juan. Here, as always, with Kevin. Hello, everybody out there. Missing Mark, but regardless, we like movies. Um, if you like what you hear on this episode, uh, please remember to hit that subscribe button, follow us, like us comment um let us know what you think um hit us with some recommendations um and uh and share if you are able to um uh outside of that um want to remind you that this is our uh review number 30 for season two and uh is our season finale um after this i think We will take a uh, well-deserved break um, and then, God willing, uh, be back bigger, better, faster, stronger uh, with season three. Um, so, yeah, excited about that. Kevin, do you have any, um, any words here before we jump into our business? Just, um, you know, as a conclusion... As, a, as so, an introduction to a conclusion <laughs> for season three, just for all season the people, two. Who, just for all the people who stuck with us, or if you just stumbled upon this one, thank you, welcome, and we hope to uh, move forward and bring you some some delightful things in your ears. We aim to entertain. Rawr. Um, all right. So uh, on this episode, um, I had the pleasure of. Uh, getting to pick our uh, season finale. And um, my pick was the 20, well, excuse me here. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, as I was saying, my pick is the 2023 film titled they cloned tyrone um this is a film directed by jewel taylor it stars john boyega tayana paris and jamie fox it is produced by macromedia distributed by netflix it was released on july 14th uh just i have two two release dates here it says July 14th, 2023, United States, and then July 21st, 2023, Netflix. Not sure why those are different. Um, the film has a running time of 119 minutes. Let's see if we can get any more helpful information here. The tagline is just, damn. Um... And uh, let's see, looks like that's all I got for you at this point. Don't have any, any numbers as far as budget. Maybe, maybe that'll be to come later. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Well, Juan, before you continue, yeah. um, July 14th, they had a limited theatrical release and a week oh. later released on Netflix. Okay, okay. Limited theatrical release. Um, I can tell you that the movie currently boasts a uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 94% uh, with 123 reviews and an audience score of 100%, however, with fewer than 50 verified ratings. Um, 
As for me, um, I felt after maybe seeing uh, whether it was a trailer or some kind of promotion uh, for the movie, um, felt that um, it had a lot of potential. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a Jamie Fox fan, and so um, uh, he's was recently, you know, in the headlines over his health issues. But um, in spite of that, getting from from what I saw in the trailers, getting to see him as a pimp um, and seeing what that portrayal would be like um, in a uh, in what was um, yeah, advertised as a sci-fi slash comedy movie um, with, you know, obviously an interesting premise um, based off of just the title of the movie. So for me, I just felt like it had a lot of potential um, and, uh, you know, uh, and so I was just mainly just trusting in Jamie Foxx there for that. Um my thoughts on it uh, initially, my introduction is that uh, I think the movie, um, I was a little bit disappointed in some ways. Um, I expected a lot more comedy. I think they um, missed, missed an opportunity. I think the film kind of suffers from a little bit of an identity crisis, not really uh, certain of what it wants to be um, with all the ingredients uh, that are presented um, and everything that they kind of had to to play with. Um, I felt that it was long. Um, I found myself a little bored um, more than halfway through the movie. I think it could have been cut down to an hour and a half and that would have been a really sweet spot for this movie. Um, but uh, I think they just they tried to do too much and, um, and kind of just, just missed the mark on, on several different, uh, areas. So I was a little bit, little bit disappointed. What about you, Kevin? Um, we've discussed probably at length sometimes about Netflix movies. And again, I, I apparently just had theoretical release. I thought it was a Netflix original. Um, there's some stuff I really liked, and there's some stuff I could never go through my life seeing again, which is which lands this right in the middle of a lukewarm movie for me. It's there's some performances I think were wasted. I, I think the mains did a decent job. I think there were some ideas that could have been further, you know, explored. There could have been more comedy mind minded 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 from this uh this concept, and ultimately you just got something that. Oh, I don't know if I should reveal now. I I would I would never watch again. I probably would never, you know, recommend it to anyone. I might recommend a scene or two. I'm like, hey, this part was kind of cool. But ultimately, like, I like what you said where it suffered from an identity crisis because I felt like they didn't want to go too far into comedy and they didn't want to go into this. And and then even the aesthetics of, like, the a lot of purple on the underground thing, which we'll get into in the lab, I'm like, Look, looks like it's just it's just there for there. Um, I didn't like the resolution. I thought that was just too boom, boom, boom. And and I, I did think there was great oh, things. You mean like the resolution of the plot? I thought yeah, yeah. you meant like the, the oh. Um, oh. oh, I didn't like that. It was very dark, at least on my TV. Yeah, it was dark. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and but like I thought there were concepts were uh, revealing the you know the true original. And, and how he played into everything, and and I'm gonna say, I, I don't get why it was called they cloned Tyrone, because you get introduced to Tyrone at the end, but apparently Tyrone's a clone too. So it would have been different if this was something they were they had been watching the whole time. They're like, oh, Tyrone, they cloned you, but like it was just something that I felt like it was added on. I thought it was named they cloned Tyrone just because it's it's catchy. I saw the trailer, I heard the name, I I was really into it. I had to do. I had to watch this in two viewings because the first viewing was putting me to sleep, so I had to. I had to come back and and watch it because again there were some great things that were introduced, but 
I just ultimately th- thought none of the payoffs were really that phenomenally great. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I agree. It was, uh, unfortunately, a missed opportunity. So, yeah, I guess to begin with, um, let's let me fill everybody in on kind of uh, what the movie is about. Um, the IMDb description, the brief uh, description, just tells us that a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. Now, what's interesting about that description is that while I was disappointed in the comedic and um, and the sci-fi um, description of, of the movie, um, the one thing that did kind of have, that did have, that had me, geez, that had me gripped um, for at least um, half of the film, and maybe maybe slightly um, more than that, was was the mystery component, and just waiting to find out and figure out, you know, what all was going on, and um, and so that was, I think, the the best thing that the movie had going for it. Um, I think once things uh, start to become revealed, it loses that, obviously. And then it, there's really not much um, to kind of... It, it, it just... The climax and, like you said, the resolution doesn't, doesn't really... It's not very strong. Uh, and so I think it was around that point that I just felt like it was dragging and I was kind of just um, ready for it to end. I did feel that the performances, at least from the three leads, were solid from um, from an acting standpoint. Um, it just was unfortunate that they didn't get any, really any uh, substantial comedic material to work with. One of my biggest problems is that, again, while I think John Boyega is a fine actor, and I think he played his his character very well in this movie, um, it, with 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 drama and intensity. Um, I think this film needed a comedic lead, um, and that that and that they really should have leaned into this being uh, a funny movie, and uh, and maybe even a funny sci-fi movie. You know, which to give you a a great example of a movie that does that is, um, you know, Edgar Wright and, uh, the final of the, of his trilogies. Um, what is it called? At world's uh, end. That, that at world's end at world's end or, Oh, I know it's, um, something, the end of the world. I'll find it for you. Um, but yeah, while you do that, um, that's, that's, that's a movie that does the world, the world's end, the world's end. Yeah. That does an exceptional job, um, really leaning into comedy with great comedic actors, but then also obviously heavily also leans into sci-fi. Um, this movie didn't, you know, lean into either of those and, um, and I wonder if it's because there was another agenda, you know, or or just another message that they that kind of took um, precedence over those, um, with maybe some, you know, some of the uh, racial um, uh, things that the movie wants to su- I mean, subtly and overtly kind of um, um, highlight. Um, so I, I I don't know if it. You know, I haven't watched any interviews or anything like that to see kind of where the writing and the directing failed, you know, this movie. But, um, you know, when you have Jamie Foxx, you know, as a pimp, there's, you know, there's just so many, so many directions that they could go. And, and even things uh, that the movie tried to do um, f- comedically, I felt like were, were, 
so mild, you know, and, and they were like amusing, but there were, I, and, you know, I wanted to laugh cause I wanted this to really be the, the comedy that I, that I expected, but I didn't laugh out loud, you know, once. And I think that's kind of like one of the tests of, a watching a comedy movie for a first time by yourself, you know, because when you're watching it in the theater, sometimes you're going to laugh just because other people are laughing, you know, or, or, um, um, so there'll, there'll, there'll be at least some of that, but when you're watching it by yourself, like it, it really has to be funny to make you kind of like laugh out loud. And this movie didn't even do that once, you know, there were certainly things that I found amusing, but there were, you know, no, no audible, uh, uh, chuckles or, or laughter or anything like that. So, um, I think that, um, and, and, and I also think that, uh, what's uh, Tiana Paris, you know, she did a fine job. I think she was actually the one that, yeah, I mean, her and Jamie Foxx were trying as much as they could, you know, to, to make it funny and to, and to add those comedic elements, because I really didn't, I felt like John Boyega didn't give you anything. And, and I'm not saying that's his fault. You know, it could have just been the writing and, and what was required of the character. But I felt like that was a big mm. miss not to, not to go all out and have a, a, a big comedic actor that could do drama, um, really be in that, in that main role. Because I, I think what it came across was they were trying to have John be the straight man mm -hmm. and be more serious, and he's all of this. Where I think if, like, again, I don't know if it was his choice or the director's choice. Like, hey, we don't want you to be comedic. We want you to be the straight guy, and mm -hmm. you can let um, Slick Charles and Yo-Yo do all the jokes around you. As opposed to he could have been even more over since like it's supposed to be homage to black exploitation movies. He could have yeah. been more over the top, more pushing it, more bombastic. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean, and have him just be more over the top. I think he did a good job in the in what he was doing. Yeah, you know what I mean, because it didn't seem like this was Finn from Star Wars or anything. I, you know, I really believe his different characters he was playing. He was doing a decent job. It's just again, maybe I don't know if it's the material, the directing. It's just okay. He was there. You know what I mean, and he was the guy we were following. And I even if it pushed more into dark, you know, dark comedy, it would have been great. Like I thought it was. Like the stuff where he gets shot in the car, he dies, and you see him pop up. You know, all these things could have started, you know, opening avenues and him freaking out, like what what's going on? Yeah. But again, he was just more serious. Even when he saw his clone, he was shooting his clone. That was mm -hmm. more serious. There was no like, I guess. I and again, I I want to believe it's the director's choice that he wanted him to be more serious because oh, you gotta you gotta take this guy seriously. This is the serious lead. Uh -huh. And Jamie Foxx and Yo-Yo and even the other, like, prostitutes, all the other people could be funny, but we want to keep him, like, serious and dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it just, it, it just set a weird, it set the wrong tone, you yeah, know, throughout, throughout the movie, you know, because it wasn't light or silly. You just had kind of like this serious line cutting through the whole thing. And, you know, these act, these other characters, like the pimp played by Jamie Foxx, um, Slick Charles, and the Ho um, Yo -Yo. prostitute, yeah, played by Tiana Paris Yo-Yo, who were kind of more, a little bit more outlandish, right, and characters with big personalities, but, um, yeah, they just, they could, they, they there was no back and forth, you know, with John Boyega, like there was, there was no silliness whatsoever. So it, everything I think that they attempted, it just kept falling flat, you know? Um, and, but perhaps, I mean, those are big problems, I think, because I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't rewatch the trailer, but I felt like it was, you know, kind of, Maybe I jumped to conclusions just based off of Jamie Foxx being there, but and and I think maybe also that angle that you mentioned of it being whether it's a throwback or a um, tribute, you know, to like black exploitation films. But um, I just assumed, you know, that it was going to be um, a lot funnier. Um, so that that those are definitely major problems or a major problem.
like, the other one is that oh, yeah go ahead oh i was gonna say real quick one scene because you just mentioned like we thought it was gonna be funnier like one scene that i thought could have you know i wished had been the tone for the whole movie was when slick charles was coming with the calvary and you just see a whole bunch of like low riders and he just sitting there mm-hmm. and, and they even go up to, and that part's in the trailer when they go up to the you know that cashier they're like hey we want and they have the guns i'm like hey this could this seems a little outlandish and crazy uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I think the only part that made me actually do a chuckle out loud was when they actually go under base. And you uh-huh. see the guy in the little razor scooter, and he just gets chucked. He gets like uh-huh. tossed across. And that gave me a little chuckle. Yeah. And, you know, God damn chicken is, is a great name for a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the problem was that, and again, I think this um, could could indicate you know, again, that they were just more concerned with a particular message coming across. Oh. I felt like the movie wasn't willing to laugh at itself, you know, oh. like to, to be silly in that point. You know, oh. it was like, we want to be funny, but also taken very seriously, like as a like as a dramatic movie, maybe making some um some uh, sobering social commentary or something like that instead of you know you can still do that and and not take yourself so seriously you know and have fun and and be silly with it and and whatnot and and i think the movie uh it felt like it was um you know unwilling unwilling to do that and because of that it 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 just it just didn't uh the jokes and, and the comedy just didn't land. And again, um, I may not be the right audience for the social commentary, but I also don't, I feel like the social commentary, I don't get if it's intended towards, let's say, um, like white America, uh, you know, taking advantage of blacks, or is it about bl- a commentary towards black Americans that you, you let yourself get involved in these indulgences and yeah. distracted. So I don't yeah. like even that. I don't get who they were like actually pointing the commentary to. Yeah, because because it sort of felt like they were blaming, you know, white America for like this urban culture that the day this they're in. You know I mean, yeah. it's not their fault, but it's white America's. Fault. But I don't get who they were targeting with right. their social commentary either. Yeah, because while I think the movie, uh, I, I again, yeah, I think I also. I think there's there's too much ambiguity there. I think you can take a lot of things that are done in the movie and just kind of run with them. But ultimately, I don't think it does a good job of presenting whatever argument it wants to make. I did think there were some interesting ideas there about uh, sort of maybe like stereotypes or even, uh, you know, sort of, uh, cultural um, identifiers or markers and how uh, we can, you know, uh, ethnic groups or minorities or subcultures or whatever um, continue to perpetuate those and, and they become ingrained and then they're, you know, exploitable, but then you it's hard to break that cycle and I thought that was that was a really interesting idea to explore, um, uh, whether you know through the lens of race or not. But uh, but but the movie I think has so many so many issues that even that gets gets kind of uh, lost um, in the noise. Um, and again, so, so therefore I think that the even bigger problem is that ultimately um the motivation for the antagonists and, and just their whole uh their whole agenda and their whole role was pretty convoluted and unclear i thought Kiefer sutherland's character was very like over the top and you know just um you know was just the meant to be the bad guy and so that's just that's just what he was you didn't really have any understanding of you know what his motivation was or what drove him um so anyway let me try to oh yeah he was he literally now that you said it he literally just was a body who could have been anybody yeah and it was just for 
hey, this guy's being a-hole. He's white. He's being a-hole. He's controlling us, and we have to kill him. And that's literally all. There was nothing. Like, we don't know who he worked for. We don't. We got more about the original Fontaine than we did about him. And mm-hmm. he was in the movie more. But we got nothing except that, for some reason, he thought it was cool to use this super secret code word in front of everybody that controls the clones. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was strange. Um, so, yeah, the movie is basically about, um, you know, it starts off following this drug dealer. Um, you're kind of going through a day in the life. He's hanging out with this little kid. Someone comes to, um, someone steps on his territory. He's going to handle that later. Then, you know, one of his associates comes in, gives him the money that he's collected. It's short, so he goes back to claim it. Um, and in that Mo- around that moment you know he gets shot and uh, wakes up the next day thinking that that was just a dream but he had had another encounter with Jamie Foxx his pimp or a pimp and um, he had kind of witnessed what happened and so when he goes to see him the next day in a kind of Groundhog's Day moment right where I think he's going back to do the same things that he did the day before Jamie Foxx is like yo hold up I I saw you get killed and so then they go to um to explore that and see if if jamie fox is is telling the truth and so that leads them to you know they join up with yo-yo played by tiana paris and um and then the three of them um you know again inspired by yo-yo's nancy drew collection um you know go off to try to unravel this mystery of of what's going on which leads them to um, discover that there's this underground um, base um, where there are these experiments taking place and where they seem to be producing clones of particular individuals. Um, You eventually come to find out that what they're doing is trying to work on a, a mission to improve society and try to create peace but in order to do that they still need certain people to it it, so they select right certain regions or areas or neighborhoods where they can run their experiments um and so they kind of induce you know um uh, hypnotic and sort of drug effects on people to keep them in in the dark you know while they conduct these experiments trying to Im- genetically modify and improve behavior in individuals to try to create a more peaceful society um does that sound about right kevin yeah it's close enough <laughs> um but but yeah i mean that's as that's as simple as i can make it um, then, of course, um, Fontaine, who's John Boyega's character, who we've been following from the beginning, finds out that he's a clone of a clone of a clone. Um, so I don't think we've ever met the real one. Uh, was what his his um his counterpart was it Charmaine or do you remember what what the guy's name was? Chester. Chester. He was was he the original clone? Is that well? No, Chester was the bodyguard for uh, Keith Sutherland. Yeah, the old the old guy was supposed to be the original one. Oh, really? Yeah, the old one where he's like, I gave y'all all some memories, like about our bro- his brother dying. Mm-hmm. But that's why he say he goes, "Don't think you knew him because you didn't hold his. I only gave you some memories of him." So that's why he was the original one. He says that. He did it because his brother died and he wanted oh, to stop it. Oh, that, that old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, that now it's guy. coming back to me. Yes, the <laughs> old one at the end, which I thought was originally when he before he turned around to do the reveal, I could have sworn it was going to be Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> which would have been awesome. Would have been great. But no, just when you were talking and you were saying the old guy, I thought you meant the guy that he kept pouring liquor into his cup oh. outside of the mini store. You ain't win really? again, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but again, um, Kiefer Sutherland's Sutherland's character, who was just was 
you know, just the face of the um, evil corporation and the antagonist. Um, he he was just a heavy, you know, he was just there to, yeah, just to be the face of, of opposition um, and just to be bad and evil because that's just what he is, is just bad and evil. Um, and then... And, and even if we got to it, like, since we're getting into this part, like, I don't even get what the message was because the OG Fontaine, he's like, hey, my brother died and we've kind of been, you know, because of the society yeah. we live in, we need to get better. So I'm trying to make society better. And they're like, no, we want to keep our society you know, of hookers and drug dealing and all this stuff. We don't think that... So the chain... And again, forest assimilation is not the best idea. But I don't get what the message was that like, hey, we're trying to make society better. But no, we rather have our pimps and horrors and drugs and little kids getting shot. Because that's what they yeah. felt like they were arguing against them. As opposed to arguing like, well, no, that's not right. You have to give us the opportunity to change. Yeah. And I think John Boyega's character at one point even says something where he says, like, it's our fault that our, our society or our culture is this way, but it's ours or something. Yeah. He said he said something like that along those lines, um, which, yeah, I agree with that point. And I think maybe through the character of um of yo-yo i think maybe was the way that they tried to um maybe show progress because i think at at the end she stops um you know being a prostitute and, and decides to go back to school i think yeah, and, and there was no explanation why she was the only non-clone in the whole city yeah she was the only one yeah because remember like it wouldn't work on her so she wasn't a clone Mm -hmm. And I would explain if she had just come into town, but she's been there a while. Like you think they would have just killed her and cloned her? Yeah. But yeah, but she she does she does step out of it. You know they want to go break up this other stuff, go to Memphis. So I think that's to be that's shown. But I, they also made a point to like especially differentiate you know this black urban culture from not just whites but like um, Asians and Hispanics. Because the old Fontaine was saying, he goes, oh, we wanted to see what made you not act like the whites or the the bar the people in the barrios or in Chinatown. Mm -hmm. So it definitely was a point to mention to, hey, yeah, everyone else is a minority, but we're like, this is the people who are getting, you know, experimented on or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... It was strange, and it was uh, the other. Uh, I guess the other examples that I had, I mentioned Edgar Wright already. The other movie that came to mind for me as a comparison was The Cabin in the Woods, um, which again, very different, but was again a movie that I think uh, leaned into not taking it obviously not taking itself very seriously i didn't i didn't get it the first time i watched it um and but but have come to appreciate it you know since then um but yeah i kind of had similar elements obviously of of something nefarious going on um some you know through some major corporation or whatever kind of using human beings um, as a testing grounds. So I thought that was a, a, a just a, a movie that I thought of in comparison as I thought of, you know, just elements that this movie tried to execute but failed um, to, you know, other movies that have, uh, have been able to do that successfully. Um, I, the one scene that I uh, did think was was kind of funny um was on the right track was the the scene where they were going or they were sh uh passing secrets 
um, to oh, each yeah. other by like simulating sex. Um, yeah. I thought that was funny, and I, at first, I think the first shot of it, I thought it was really happening. Um, so it was kind of um, tickled, you know, when I saw that they were just uh, uh, simulating it. And then the other times I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's pretty funny. Um, so I fancy. Yeah. Um, but I think in your introduction, you said that there were some things that you really could have done without. Well, yeah, I just felt there was, it was a, it was parts that just dragged. I think yeah. you said your introduction. I'm like, it was just scenes that like, okay, we, we kept repeating scenes of them just like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember it now. It was just like long setup scenes where nothing's happening. And I'm like, okay, like I just could have done without it. Cause that's when I started, it really started losing me. Uh -huh. And like, I, but again, there was some, some good stuff. Oh, there's one other one I have to mention, but it was just, I think you said where they could have knocked off like half an hour easily of this movie. Yeah. Because I could have just, and again, there was nothing egregious. It wasn't like, Oh, I don't like that. Like, you know what I mean? Any of that stuff. It was just, I could have done without some of these scenes. Cause I was just, especially, I, I think I stopped at it like around 57, 59 minutes. The first time I watched it, cause uh -huh. I was like, I was falling asleep and it wasn't tired, but I was just watching. I was like, yeah. you know what I mean? I was like, Oh, you know I mean? I was catching myself falling asleep and I didn't want to do a disservice. So I stopped it. I said, uh -huh. Oh, I'll finish this later. Cause it's, I don't, I didn't know how long it was going to keep doing that. Uh -huh. So just stuff like that. And even like towards the end where they just kept showing different people like, Oh, look at the chaos. And then you have that scene with Tyrone flipping through the stations and they just keep showing, you know, again, going from different people to different people. Uh -huh. It just seemed very repetitive that they were just showing some repetitive shots that could have been trimmed down. Yeah. Um, so you also took issue with the lighting in some set pieces. Yeah. Like, and I think I saw a picture cause I was trying to look for the movie poster, see if I could post it up here, but like it, it was dark. Um, and I guess they were trying to create like, and to me it came off more, not campy in a good way, but it was just like, Oh, look, this, for some reason there's this like laboratory that's all dark with just purple lighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know why any scientists would work at this. I think it, like humor and even the action shots and stuff would have came off better if it was just a decently lit lab, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And we could see what was going on. And now you have like this, uh, this drug dealer, this pimp and this prostitute going through like a regularly lit stuff with like, you know, the, these crazy clothes on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That would have created maybe more an image that would have stuck with me. Like, I know I used the word iconography before, but there was other, there's only maybe one or two things that I remember the purple lighting. I'm like, oh, that stuck out. But I don't remember anything else. Like, I think these characters would have stuck out even a little bit more if it, you would have just put them in a whole different, you know, environment, like a bright lit environment. And, and that's what you're going around catching scientists. Yeah. So I, I think that's what, and again, I, I do understand sometimes it's my TV, but I watched, I watched the first part in the middle of the day. I watched the second part in the evening yeah. and it just was still dark both times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I was looking at some facts and I don't think there's any fun facts for this movie. Cause I'm just going to say this now to give you an example, right? Because one of the things that I was that one of the more overt kind of confusing identity crisis things is that you're never really told when this movie's taking place, right? Because it seems like it could be taking place. I mean, there's cars from different eras, but then there's hairstyles, there's clothing from different eras. So even that was like, it's kind of confusing. Like, are these characters, you know, because there's definitely been uh, elements like that in other movies, right? Where, you know, it's set in modern times, but there's this old timer, this this character that's just stuck in the 70s or in the 80s or whatever the case. So you didn't know if it was something like that or what exactly was going on. So there's an explanation here, with I, which I think actually, um, for me, does again, uh, kind of confirms my theory about, you know, what, what other angles and, and things they were trying to highlight here, but also how they missed 
the mark in trying to do so uh, success, successfully and um, effectively. So it says, though the movie is set in modern times and references a lot of events that took place in the 90s and 2000s and even uses trap in musical scenes, main characters are stylized in 70s and 80s clothes, furniture, and hair, nodding to stereotypical views of black people deliberately engineered by white people, which is key to the main plot of the movie. So... I guess in that explanation, it's the, it's the, again, that organ, that underground organization that's, that's, uh, adorning them in that, in that way. Is that what it's trying to, I think that's what I got from what you said. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't explain when I, uh, drive down my city, why I see people dressing like that though. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, either way. That's not that's not something that is is I think expressed effectively in yeah. in the movie, right? And the so I think the movie again wants to almost take itself as this sort of high art, you know, with this with this really um, meaningful social criticism, but. It's not like I did not think of it at all as anything worthwhile, you know, me sitting there after the movie continuing to like think about it or, you know, explore it or, or, or excavate, you know, for meaning or whatever. Um, and, and not because, again, I, I think some of those things are, that were presented were interesting, but ultimately it just wasn't executed very effectively to me, you know, even to the point where it really it really lends itself or really deserves to be taken more seriously as you know social commentary you know my stance with any any piece of art or film or music that wants to be effective social commentary for me it first has to be done really well executed really well in that medium you know like for example um Childish Gambino's song, like This Is America, you know, which had such a powerful message, but was a really, really good song too, you know, which, which made it that much more effective and even broadens, you know, its audience to then uh, communicate its message um, in a bigger way. So, I mean, that's an interesting point that that this is um highlighting but again i i didn't feel that that was um portrayed you know effectively in the movie unfortunately not to get off topic but real quick real quick since we mentioned like you know well done social commentary movies is there a, a, a social commentary movie that you think like hey this is well because you mentioned a song but yeah. is there a movie that springs to mind say you know what I watched this movie and it has some social commentary. I think it was really well done. Because uh, I have one that well, that like we, 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 we just watched Drag the Cross Concrete. Okay, you know? and I feel like there was a lot of you know different angles of social commentary there. That that was pretty good. I mean, just off the top of my head, because because mm -hmm. that one was so recent. Um, but yeah, I'm curious what you have. Well, mine's from 1995. Um, Do you the right thing? No, no. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's older. Written by, yeah, written by Harmony Corrin. Mm -hmm. It's a movie called Kids. Oh, okay. And, like, just when you were talking about social commentary, I remember watching that movie, and when it was done, you know, because they had that, that rape scene, the drug-induced rape scene at the end, and I was like, I was like, I just remember thinking, whoa, that's, you know, I mean, I, that, that really did hit me. I'm like, man, that, that's how society is. There's society like that, and it's, yeah. and this is the dangers of what you think, you don't even realize what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I never seen kids. I've I heard a lot mm. about it. I was, but yeah, it was just oh, before my time. <laughs> but um, you know, for example, American History X comes Ooh. to mind. Really excellent movie. Mm. Even Fight Club, I think, oh. has really interesting social commentary. 
Um, and again, both of those are just excellent movies, right? And and because they're excellent movies, I think that that message and those ideas stick with you even more, hmm. you know, because they're communicated so effectively. Um, so, and I think something that suffered from this for some reason I don't know why I equated to it, even though it's not a comedy, but it has some funny moments in it, like Hustle and Flow. Like had a very like it was modern, but had a very like seventies type vibe to it in some parts. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. some reason, like I, that was just done well. Like they had comedy, they just had they had a little bit of comedy. They had more seriousness. They had like this, you know, the white DJ and all this stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like that's what popped into my head just now when you we were talking. I was like, oh, yeah, man, I want to go watch Hustle and Flow now. Yeah. Um, are you a uh... Are you a John Boyega fan? Or fan might even be too strong of a word just because he's, you know, he's not that seasoned of an actor. But, um, yeah, what's your I, take on I would him? Say, I would say I am. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything, you know, that he's been in Yeah, th- that I haven't liked his performances in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you uh, watch that that his breakout role in uh, that Attack uh, the Block? Attack the Block, yeah. Yes, I did. Was it? Is that I, a, I never saw I th- that. Is that a good movie? Yeah, I thought it was really good. It was an original idea. It was, it was fun. It wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to be, uh-huh. but it, it, I could see why he got a lot of hype. It was really well done, uh-huh. and that's why I'm like. And then the Star Wars stuff. And I know I've seen some other, a couple other stuff here and there, and like I said, everything he's been in, like. That's why I think he did a really good job. I like his performances in here. I just didn't think it serviced the story well, and I think that's more with... I, I, I saw it as, I think it was his first time directing a movie, the director, uh-huh. uh, or a feature, yeah. and I think I think that's where it suffered from, was the, you know, the direction. Uh-huh. Because yeah. the director... And I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole. I was reading about the movie Evolution today, uh-huh. um, and it was supposed to be a serious movie, um, it was supposed to be a dark horror, like really? sci-fi. And then Ivan Reitman came on and he's like, well, he, he hired a rewrite and he wanted to add more com- comedic elements because he said he saw this as a spiritual successor to like Ghostbusters uh-huh. that he's always wanted to make. And the, the, the original author didn't want it. He's like, no, I don't want that. But they, they, he worked with the writers and they turned in what they turned in. But, and again, it's it's not saying that Evolution was a great movie. It's just saying that that's where a director could see something and say, hey, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this a little bit and let's let's make something different. Yeah. So I think what ultimately what we get is what the director's vision is. So I, I think a lot of the, the fault, again, I don't think it's with the actors. Um, right. I don't know if it's necessarily with the writing because I, I think a, a more seasoned director said, hey, what has it been like? Hey, let's let's clean up this writing a little bit. Yeah. And I just think, like I said, hopefully he makes another movie and it's it's tighter, it's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I mean, uh, to be fair, I did like, uh, I thought that the cinematography was good. I mean, it, it wasn't anything out of this world or anything new, but I thought it was executed well. You know, it wasn't anything that, that you know, was... Uh, was bad and and created a distraction. Instead, there were times where where I was like, oh, I really like that shot, or I really like that that camera movement. So I felt like that was actually a positive. I didn't mind the colors. The movie was a little bit dark, but um, while it was more style over substance, you know, I I I, I thought it was it, it was cool, and um, and I did like the movie. I mean, excuse me, the music. That was utilized in the movie. I thought I thought was good too. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's more of a disappointment in the sense that you know it had some good things going for it. It had good actors. It had a good premise, and uh, and even if they, yeah, just would have maintained the cloning aspect of it, but really just tried to make it more funny or just leaned into exaggerating maybe some of those you know black exploitation um elements like uh like michael j white you know did with um what's the name of that movie now 
Uh, the, the dynamite one, Black Dynamite. Yeah, Black with Black Dynamite. You know, which is such a good movie and so funny. Um, it, it it could have been you know uh, outside of the it, it it would it would have even justified the runtime mm-hmm. you know a lot more by making it more entertaining and enjoyable. I did like that cameo from David Allen Greer. Um, <laughs> that scene was a little bit cringy, but. Um, but he was he did he did a good job as that as that wacky pastor um, in that church. And even about what you said about the cloney aspect, if they would have even gone with the hey, there's a young real version of him and a real yeah. and, and the clone version, like, but there but it, the argument becomes well, who's the clone or who's real? Yeah, I mean, because I remember, and he they could have been oh, hey, you realize you're a clone, like almost like you're waking up in the Matrix type thing, and like, well, what's fake, what's not? Like, well, if I yeah. experience it as a real stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um and real quick, I looked up the director Jewel Ta- Taylor. Apparently I didn't do that before now. But um apparently he helped write the sequels to Creed 2 or the sequel Creed 2 uh-huh. and Space Jam a New Legacy. Oh. Both which I was not a fan of the writing on. So there's that. But good for him and I hope again, I hope he does That's good. Both well. Oh. No, um, did you read? Did you hear both movies or no? You said you were about to say something about both of the movies. Oh yeah, both of the movies, which I was not a fan of the writing of. You're, you were gonna make a point about both of the movies. Did you hear me? Can you hear me now? No. Oh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of either the writing mm. of the movies. Oh, like, really? I loved Creed one. I maybe have seen Creed two one time in my life. I've seen Creed mm. one like a thousand times. What about and, Creed three? Uh, I keep wanting to watch it, but because I didn't like Creed 2, I, I keep putting it off. I'm like, oh, I just gotta watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and, the, not the same without Sly. Yeah, and... Or, or what was the director on that one? The first Creed? Uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Co- Cougar? Co- yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, like he's a tighter director, and Space Jam and Lou Legacy, there's nothing I need to say about that movie. <laughs> Not a dang thing. Yeah, my kids watched it one time, and we have watched the. They've watched. They went back to watching the original. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. And again, it's not. Again, I'm not putting this all off on Mr. Taylor here. I, I again, there were some things I really did like. I did like some of the twists and everything. So I'm hoping that he's able to put together a tighter movie, something that you know I would want. Connectivity issues. Um, so. Maybe it's just over our. Transmission. Gotcha. I'm back. Okay. Are you there? Yeah. All right. So yeah. So hopefully he puts a tighter movie together that I I would recommend to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I do have one fun fact for you. You told me you had no fun fact. I was able to dig one up, man. Oh, live and on air. So you were real time fun facting, is what you're saying. Something like that, a little bit. Okay, well, you know what? Kudos to you. Because I uh, had to turn on the old uh, the old harpsichord here. Fun facts with Juan. Uh, oh, before that, I did want to mention oh. I I did like um, Tayana Paris. Felt like she did a she did a good job in her role, hmm. um, both as uh, just an acting and also as a convincing hoe. Um, and uh, her and her and Jamie Foxx did have some uh, entertaining exchanges. And some good one-liners, but I was wondering where I've seen her, and um, she's in the upcoming Marvels movie. But before oh. that, she was in WandaVision, which is the uh-huh. only one of the Marvel shows that I've seen, and um, and I did like it, and she was good in it. Oh, that's her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so the uh, one and only fun fact that I have for you on the clone Tyrone is that in the final scene, when Tyrone wakes up, gets dressed, and goes outside, I think you'll appreciate this, Kevin, because it is also a throwback to a 1995 film. It's an homage to Friday, co-written and starring Ice Cube. His clothes even resemble the character Craig. But ultimately, even that whole yeah. last, last that whole last part was just not necessary. You know. Yeah. It was. It, it was. It was added to justify the the title. Yeah. And for the whole movie, I'm not gonna. I kid you not. I thought Fontaine was his last name. Uh-huh. I thought his first name was Tyrone. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a reveal or something at some point. Um, that last part just felt like overindulgent. You know, I was like, dude, just because it was also it wasn't like an end credit scene where it's like a minute. It was it was a bit longer than that. Yeah. Too long. So and then I don't get the title, like, because obviously Tyrone was a clone. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because his people would have thought, hey, Tyrone, they cloned you. Even though you were a clone, and that's where I got yeah. like, maybe would they could have gone deeper with like, well, who's a clone or who's not? Especially if you feel that you're real. Yeah, no, I think you're right in what you said earlier. It was more like a cheeky, you know, mm-hmm. little title as opposed to something that had a direct correlation mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. plot, uh, which and, you would think it would mm-hmm. be just on the nature of the title. And, and I, I did think, I kept thinking at the very end, they were going to say the line, hey, they clone Tyrone. Yeah. I thought it was going to be that type of thing. No, took themselves but, too seriously, even for that. But I did think of, I did think of one part that I really liked. Okay. Like when, when they, when um, they were doing like the Tarantino flashback to Slick Charles's, uh, his, uh, his plan. You know I mean? Because after Boyoga got shot again and then it was like, boom, it oh, goes yeah. back to the plan. Mm-hmm. When when they go to see when when they show Isaac in the car rehearsing his line, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, you think they got?" He goes, oh, yeah. "Was that good?" He goes, "Yeah, you're like regular Denzel." He goes, "Denzel in Training Day, Denzel in Book of Life." You're like Book of Your Life. He goes, "Damn, let's do it again." Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Which, yeah. which I think. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, which I think was also a commentary on like, oh, they rather be like Denzel in Training Day than Denzel in Book of Eli. Mm. That's an interesting point. I mean, like, like that, that renegade as opposed to that good guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was merely gonna say, I, I thought, I thought that actor did a, did a good job. You know, because again, that that one kind of threw me off, even at the beginning, of not even knowing where the, um, like, where the movie was going, even right at the beginning. You know, because the mm-hmm. first time you meet that character, um, he's like shaving. Yeah. And uh, and then you know he turns out to be like this um, this rival of uh, Fontaine, um, but and I did like that scene when you know Fontaine goes and asks him for help, and he's like, you you know you shouldn't have come here, and yeah. it, it doesn't go well. So I like that that can that character remained consistently like who he was. You know, until right up in the end, and even was was pretty serious until, uh, and then that kind of that kind of moment where they gave him a comedic moment. It, it, I just really liked what they did with that character. It felt, it felt very different from kind of what happened with the rest of the movie, where he actually yeah. had um, like a a more enjoyable sort of arc, um, yeah. and remained I, consistent to who he was. And I thought that comedic part was so natural and so well done. Yeah. And and it gave so much more, even though he didn't get a lot of time, it gave him so much more depth and humanity. Because uh-huh. who who wouldn't joke around? Hey, how did I sound? Not a yeah. suit again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it just added so much. Yeah. And then, oh, another thing before we get into things. Um, they, there was that white dude that was cloned who uh-huh. had the afro, who had like the, yeah. the, the locks. And they even admitted he was the first one cloned, but then they just dismissed that. Like, oh, you met my first clone. It goes, oh, the yeah. white guy, and then they just keep going. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah. just missed opportunities, but. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is it about that time? <clears throat> yeah. 
Don't delay the inevitable. Ratings time. Okay, I just changed my rating after our discussion from what Ooh. I had uh, originally. Um, and and it's mainly because of this. Um, I just I just can't recommend it. You know, um, so mm. f- so for me, I have to knock it down a little bit because I just wouldn't recommend it. You know, even though again for me it wasn't the worst movie in the world. Um, it. It, that 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 mystery really gripped me for the first half of the movie, you know. So I was really into it. Uh, I was disappointed that it lacked the comedy, and uh, but but I was still following along. It wasn't probably until like three quarters of the way that I kind of started to get bored. Um, so it had that going for it. I was disappointed by the comedy and by the sci-fi and just the whole explanation of why the events were happening. Again, the movie I really felt like had an identity crisis. I think it really wasted the the talents of you know someone like Jamie Foxx, um, but still good cinematography, good you know uh, music throughout good good um acting performances so i don't necessarily hate it but i can't i can't see myself recommending it to anyone you know um because it just wasn't it it was long and it ultimately just wasn't very good unfortunately so because of that i knocked it half a point um so for me it's a two out of five Okay. Seems fair. Um, it's a movie that I wanted to like. It's a movie that I went in wanting to like. Um, like you said, Juan, I can't, and I said earlier, I can't picture myself recommending this to anyone, not even to myself, to watch again. You know what I mean? So, like, there's, there's no reason for me to watch. Maybe one day I'll be like, you know what? Maybe I was too hard on it. Let me rewatch. Maybe I missed something. But I doubt that's going to happen. Um, I I think there were again I can't fault any performances, but if it's possible to make uh, a bad meal out of good ingredients, that's what this was. Um, the recipe wasn't there. I came in wanting to change my rating, but it's it's, it's going to stay as the same as yours, a two out of five. You know what I mean? Because it, it wasn't horrible. And again, like I said, there was nothing egregious. There was nothing terrible. It's just there were some parts that just plodded along. And they were just trudging here and there. And there was every every once in a while there was things I did like. But the, ultimately, I'm a huge payoff guy. And the payoff for me wasn't worth sitting through this again. And so, yeah. So it's ultimately a two out of five. Um, no need to watch it, people. Unless you yeah. just really like John Boyega, Boyega, or if Jamie Foxx passes away and you want to see one of his last performances. Dear God, no. <laughs> I know. Uh, actually, I have high hopes, and perhaps I shouldn't even have high hopes. It looks good. It looks good. For strays. I know you were going to say that. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, for starters, it's Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. It also looks, you know, um, it's R-rated. So that has potential to be really funny because the comedy is not watered down. Um, It might be a bit raunchy, but... Oh, I don't know. It looks like the, it's gonna be raunchy. Well, the main reason I just say I shouldn't have high hopes is just because uh, I just comedy is just not what it used to be. Mm. The world has changed, times have changed, and nobody wants to offend, you know. So, our Will Ferrell and Jamie Fox in a position to try to salvage comedy by being willing and taking the risk to offend perhaps i hope so 
you usually are going to offend someone when you try to genuinely be funny and make people laugh. So hopefully they'll achieve it, but we'll see. That, that movie also has Randall Park in it and Will Forte. It's going to be gold. Okay. Yeah, it's got a lot going for it. But they also could have given you all the funny bits in the trailer. So there's always that as well. But I feel there's going to be raunchy bits that are not in that trailer that are going to kill. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, going to watch that one with the girls? Uh, nope. Okay. They, they they saw the part of the trailer. And I was like, girls, get out. They're like, ooh, we want to see that movie. I'm like, ain't happening. Get out. Yeah. You can show them Milo and Otis. They have seen it and they love it. Okay. Because I am a Do good father. Do they know how many, how many puppies were killed during yeah, the making that, of that film? That's right. That's what I'm going to tell my daughters. <laughs> the ones who cried endlessly during 101 Dalmatians, the yeah. live action one, when they were kidnapped. <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell them. Leave it to Uncle Juan. I'll tell them. Hey, let me tell you. Girls, you want a fun fact about Milo and Otis? <laughs> like 17 dogs were killed jumping off of that, throwing them off of that waterfall. They're like, what? But yeah. But as long as you don't ruin Homeward Bound, they'll be fine. Oh, that's a, that's a great movie, Tearjerker. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the episode. Um, thank and you. The, and, and that is the season. That is a wrap. That is a wrap on the season. I was really hoping to kind of at least, at least cinematically end on a, on a, on a higher note, but Hey, that's the way it goes. You know, when, when we're watching movies that we don't know much about, and hopefully we'll save you the time um and so you don't have to watch it but yeah as always thank you for listening thank you for watching um you know please stick with us as we you know take a hiatus we are going to do some brainstorming and uh you know try to come up with oh. with ideas fresh ideas new things new challenges more uh, fun and entertainment um but We'll also come back to our tried and true recipe of just, um, you know, dishing out our amateurish thoughts about the world that we love of cinema. Right, Kevin? That's right. And uh, during this break, we're going to bring some life into, Juan's going to bring some life into this world with his wife. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to you on that. Mm -hmm. Also, congratulations to Mark, who will be bringing in life. Yeah. I will not. I'll just be raising life. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, prayers appreciated. So, yeah. Can't wait to get back to watching. And uh, honestly, even though the movies aren't always the greatest, sometimes they're just fun to watch and talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what season three might have in store for us. And other than that, not a lot left to say, but catch you on the flip side. Yeah. Later, haters. Later. <laughs>